up in that city. And they wonder why things are developing to what they are today. No, you don't get justice in court. A black man can't get justice in court. A black man can't get justice in the court system of America. And I'm telling you, the only way you get justice is in the street. The only way you get justice is in the sidewalk. The only way you get justice is when you make justice for yourself. You never will get justice in the white man's court. No, not me. I never want him to take me to court. I saw what he did with my brothers. I see what he has done with them right here in New York City. So make sure you obey the law. Make sure you never commit a crime. Make sure you never de deviate from the law. But any time one of them puts his hands on you, take him off the planet. Take him off the planet. Hey guys and welcome back to modern day manual i know it's been some time obviously due to ramadan and eid um i hope you guys had a really lovely time with your family members um today's topic i kind of wanted to discuss obviously um with everything going on i wanted to discuss and raise awareness with the current situation that's going on in america with the george floyd case um, it's quite sad to see a system that fails to protect um, everyone equally, obviously due to their skin colour. Um, rest in peace to George Floyd and I obviously send my condolences to his loved ones. Um, I kind of knew this topic uh, wouldn't be much of my expertise and I wouldn't have an exact idea with what Americans go through every day. So I've organised some of my friends from Minnesota and also um, other parts of America to share their opinion and views with what's going on and how it's affected their city. Um, you know, we stand in solidarity with the victims, loved ones and all of our other brothers and um, sisters around the world. Um, black lives matter, black culture matters and black communities matter. We may not receive justice now, but inshallah, one day we will. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and start this. Uh, feel free to follow us on our social media at Modern Day Manual. Um, and yeah, let's get started. Yeah. All right. Okay, um, so I've got my lovely um, people here to speak about their experiences um, dealing with everything that's going on. Um, I'm going to introduce you guys to the lovely ladies on this chat. Um, Idman, do you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah, okay, so my name is Idman. Um, I'm 22 years old. Um, I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas for 11 years. I lived there. And um, from what I learned is that over there, where I was raised, it was predominant. It was predominantly um, African American people that I was raised with. And they didn't know mm -hmm. the concept of like Somali people at all, so they just thought that I was just African American. I was like, yeah, I'm African American, you know. Then I moved here. Um, Eleven years ago, I moved here, and mm -hmm. um, I come here. Everything, everybody's like white at school. Like there's no middle people. I remember um, I met, I only had one Somali friend and she was, she was like my friend throughout all of high school. And we, I could literally say that there was five people, five Somali people that I graduated with. Wow. And it was so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm just going to say that the, the white people that I grew up with here, um, some of, some of them were like mean, but I'm not going to lie. Most of them were like, they were so welcoming and really nice. Yeah. yeah, and understanding, yeah. Well, yeah. Good. Um, we'll, we'll kind of talk about the issues in depth 
um, when I properly introduce everybody. Um, Zainab, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is Zainab. I'm 18 years old and I'm from Virginia. Um, I grew up the first half of my life in Falls Church. And that's like a Hispanic and Somali middle area. And yeah, I grew up with them. And then I moved to this area and I encountered racism and also got bullied for being Muslim. But alhamdulillah, coming from like a strong household and having thick skin, like I was able to get through it. So you experienced um, being bullied because you were obviously from a different um, cultural background that they weren't used to, or was it? Yeah, it was. But they just were very ignorant into understanding your culture. Do you reckon? Um, I feel like it was because one, I am black, and on top of that, I am Muslim. So being racism is already a thing, and then the whole thing with like Muslims being a terrorist, it was just like. Yeah, a double thing, you know. Also, another topic. Um, well, thank you for introducing yourself. Next, we've got Samsam uh, to introduce herself. Samsam. Yep. Um. So my name is Sam Sam, and I'm 20 years old. Um, I was born and raised in Saint Paul, Minnesota, which is in the U.S. I grew up specifically in East Saint Paul, which, if you live in Minnesota, you know it's a, uh, um like pretty violent area kind of yeah yeah and we have like a large police presence when it comes to policing the residents but like not when it comes to crime yeah do you feel like because you live in an area that's predominantly somali uh people are you guys stereotyped a lot there definitely because like stereotyped by the police that we mean Mm-hmm. stereotyped by police your neighbors even yeah. your friends anything that you've realized have have they ever categorized you with certain um people there as well yeah i wouldn't say my neighbors when i lived in st paul because i lived in st paul for 18 years mm-hmm. um and i'm 20 so for the last two years i've lived in roseville which is a white suburban city but <laughs> not really my neighbors because i didn't have any white neighbors mm-hmm. but um probably like the cops because they just assume since people like I would say majority people yeah like were like involved in drugs or whatnot so the cops did stereotype all of us yeah so that affected you guys as a whole instead of like the one person being affected by it because you guys were all stereotyped by that of course right yep definitely it affected all of us because um, even if we tried to stay out of trouble and stay out of um, violence, the mm-hmm. cops didn't really care. They just assumed we're all a part of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for introducing yourself. Um, next, we have Sulaqa. Hey, guys. Um, my name is Sulaqa. I'm 19 years old. I'm from Virginia. Um, yeah. Um, Sulaqa, um do you live in a neighborhood that's filled with um, cultural people? Do you feel like you you live in a comfortable neighborhood where you can express yourself? I feel like I live in a comfortable neighborhood. Honestly, I've lived um, and I live in a city called Annandale and it's pretty diverse. Honestly, um, there's a lot of Koreans here, so they call it Little Korea, <laughs> but yeah. um, a lot of Hispanics. I don't I didn't really have white neighbors until I moved 
to this new um, condo that I'm living in now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of surprising. You know, I didn't really expect, like, you know, <laughs> white people in my neighborhood because I've just seen, you know, Koreans, Asians, um, and Hispanic people, like, literally all my life. Yeah. So it's kind of like a shock, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of nice to, you know, was be in a diverse area. Obviously seeing people, uh, white people in your neighborhood, were they very welcoming? Were they very judgmental? Was it a good first interaction with your neighbors, or do you feel like... Yeah, like, it was nice, honestly. Like, the first day we moved in, like, we were getting our furniture in, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a shock, but they actually stepped inside the house, and the lady shook my hand, um, my neighbor, and she was like, oh, welcome, you know, are you our new neighbor? And I'm like, yeah, she was like, oh, hopefully we get to meet each other and everything. So it was like a nice, you know, first interaction, you know, something that I didn't expect, but, you know... Yeah, no, that sounds like a very lovely neighborhood um thank you for sharing that um next we have kifah kifah do you want to introduce yourself mm-hmm. hey guys my name is kifah i'm 20 years old and i'm from ohio the united states um the the neighborhood i live in is called reynoldsburg is a it's a suburban in the city of columbus which is the the city of ohio mm-hmm. and yeah um it's even though it's a suburban um city it's not like um in the midst of the white like the white neighborhood so i have some black friends my uh complex i live in has um many black people in it and even though i usually don't go out and even though i'm a busy person so but i still i haven't yeah i haven't um um dealt with any anti of yeah. black people so even though so that is also another reason why um i have moved a lot yeah. to different places so the last place i moved from was uh, a very white dominated um area it's somewhere in very far from columbus and it's like an hour away that it was when i went to high school it was two years ago i went to high school with being the only black person and the most a Muslim person, so yeah. that was yeah that was a different experience. Um, right there is when I actually felt the anti-blackness of people in my school. Um, yeah. One, I felt it, but I have never been um, like I have never faced someone come like I have never seen you haven't dealt with it face to face yeah directly so, targeted towards you yeah you I've heard like rumors yeah. around you yeah I have heard rumors but I never let it affect me because I was just there for a year and I didn't care whatever anyone said but it is there the anti-blackness was there Do you think it's hard as a as obviously a black muslim woman um you know you have to kind of find your way to a neighborhood where you feel like you you belong, where you feel safe, where you feel like you, you're not worried? Do you feel like um, you have to deal with that a lot to find somewhere or is it more you move around to kind of experience different environments to? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always uh, like you should always be scared of the place you're moving into. One thing I always, my family looks into is the um the anti-blackness or like the racism in that area Mm -hmm. but this one was very um 
like we had to move there we didn't have a choice it related to something about my dad's business so we really had to even though it was my last year in high school I still um I mean I was more worried about going to a different school my last year than um like faced with anti-blackness but still because I knew that would be there anywhere like wherever I moved to in the United States so um I felt it but I lived through it it's something we face every day so it wasn't like a new thing but it was it was new that I had to like see so many different people um that were not like dressed like me um had the same color as me had the same habits or like characteristics or like uh morals that were raised the same as me but still you know um it was uncomfortable though but had learned a lot from it Oh, thank you for sharing that, Kifah. Um, I'm going to introduce our other member, Abia. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Abir. I'm 22 years old. I was I was born in Damascus, Syria. Then I moved out to Haqatar currently. Mm-hmm. And how is um, that environment for you is it somewhere where you feel like you belong since it's um, seen as a muslim country uh, as a muslim country is really good like you could feel like the guy how the people are good together and everything but there's some denial about racism like mm-hmm. it's not the same racism like people face in america it's pretty yep. much different form of racism like verbally Mm-hmm. And some people comes from the ignorance or not being educated or not being seen like other nationalities or cultures out there. So, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like um, you've ever been a target or someone who had to experience that in your neighborhood? Is your neighborhood a, a neighborhood that's welcoming? Do you feel comfortable there? My neighborhood is pretty good. Like, uh, I was surrounded by Arabs and Somalis, but you could say, like, in the school, you might face some racism, like, verbally. Like, people stereotyping the Somalis, even though we're Muslim as much as them. But mm-hmm. some words kind of hurts, like, being, being called black or poor, just like this, how to say, dissuading people because of their nationality. That's yeah, over here. Yeah. So that's kind of hurt, like seeing your nationality being called out like that. And no, I think that's kind of, that's really type of racism. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, thank you for sharing that, Kifah. Um, I mean, Abia, sorry. Yeah, uh, Hassan, do you want to introduce yourself? Hafsa? Um, I don't Sorry think. about that. Um, okay. My name is Hafsa. I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota as well. I grew up in South Minneapolis. I was born there and lived there for until like seven years ago. And I moved to Northeast Minneapolis, right now, more like white Arab neighborhood. But in South Minneapolis, it's like more diverse, more like Somalis, more African-Americans. Somalis are African-Americans, by the way. Um, but it's just like Asians, Mexicans. I grew up with everybody, basically. Did you say that um, you consider Somalis as African-Americans, do you reckon? I do. I do consider I Somalis as African-Americans. That's actually a very interesting thing because I have seen so many documentaries on who is kind of 
the definition of African-American. And I, and I feel like that word is only used for people who obviously have been born in America as blacks, but don't really know what part of Africa they're from. So why do you think that Somali people fit that category, even though they do know what, um, area from Somalia, uh, what area from Africa that they're from? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I like to like explain it like this, like we're all human, right? And then there's like subcategories, like I'm a human. Yes, I'm like a person, but like specifically, I'm a girl, right? I'm a woman. Um, so just like that, I need to acknowledge that I'm African-American, which I think it's like the greater umbrella category for all people whose ancestors were from Africa, but they're like of American, like they're from, they're of African descent, but like they're also American. Like I was born and bred in America but like that's where my parents are from that's where my ancestors are from so I need to acknowledge both both like both places so I'm both African and American but I'm also Somali too I haven't forgotten that as well I get what you mean I feel like you've added your own interpretation like you are an American who was born in America but you also are someone who's from Somalia so you're an African-American I understand that um, that's actually quite interesting. Does anyone want to add to that? Sorry. Yeah. So I want to add on that because um, so pretty much African American. When you hear the term, mm-hmm. it, people would think like obviously it's someone from Africa and also lives in America. Mm-hmm. But here in the states, um, I would disagree because African American is actually an ethnicity that is for um descendants of slaves just because they don't technically know what country they're from yeah that's why like i consider myself african-american is a race though it's i I would say black is a race being black is a race black or white african-american is more so of an ethnicity that's just from what i learned from african do you get that but i consider because it's like i don't want to get too much into it but yeah. I consider like North Africans, African Americans too, but I don't consider them black as well. If that yeah, because there's like there's a difference between race and ethnicity that's kind of hard to understand for some people. But like I, I used to think I was African American until I actually learned that it's an ethnicity, and my ethnicity is Somali, mm-hmm. and my race is black. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why like even in forums when we're filling them out, it says black or African American. Because it's distinguished, like it's um, showing us the difference between a race and ethnicity. Yeah. So, like for me, I would obviously click off the black and or African American box. That's like the same as like on your passport. It has the ethnicity side. So your ethnicity is kind of where you're from. Yeah. Whereas, you know, but it like, makes sense to think that you're African American because it's like, well, I'm from Africa and I'm American. So like, put those. Um, because even even me living in Australia, we consider ourselves like a Somali Australian or Australian Somalis that live in what area of Australia that we live in. So I kind of do get your interpretation on that, Hafsa, but I guess everyone kind of has their own um, meaning and of who Can I say something I is. Yeah, of course, Hafsa, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm like very, the way it's not just simply because I'm African and also American that I like ascribe to this certain identity. It's also because I'm very like pan-Africanist. So it also has to do with that too. And I don't like to like, I'm not, I'm not only proud of my Somali identity, but I'm proud of being African as a whole. So I yeah. feel like that strips away from that if I don't adhere to that identity as well. 
No, we definitely understand your approach. And that's like, um, that's a different approach that I've heard. But like, I do respect that, wallahi, honestly. Um, and we do understand that. But um, I wanted to kind of talk about, obviously, the issues that are arising lately and seeing police brutality everywhere and videos um, of police brutality. So um, I wanted to ask you guys, um, what is your take on police brutality and why do you think it's an issue being ignored by the public or the media? Um, I don't think it's being ignored by the public, in my opinion. I feel like it's more so um, ignored by the government. Sorry, can I just say one thing? When I say public, I mean, like, you know, the president, the government. Like okay. the yeah, that makes more sense, yeah. yeah the system is more of, like, the public. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why do you think it's being ignored? I think it's because, to begin with, um, like, um, the, ju the criminal justice system and police in general was never um, made to protect black people. Mm -hmm. It actually started, um, cops actually started as slave patrol. Mm -hmm. So they started to patrol slaves. And I guess somewhere down the line when um, the civil rights movement and when um, black people had rights, they kind of switched it to just protecting the public. Mm -hmm. But in general, it just wasn't made for us. That's what I think. Yeah. Do you feel like their job wasn't to protect you guys. Do you think their their role was to protect other people more than African-Americans or Africans 100%. in general? Yes, definitely it was made to protect white people and white people only. That's why when you look at our government, most of the people in power are white people, specifically mm -hmm. rich Republican white people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was just made to protect them against black people who they used to consider not human you know what i mean so well i i i think police brutality has is something that has been going on for a long time now why do you think it's something that's being spoken about now like why do you think it's such a big issue now than as to what it was before i would say cameras definitely now that everything's being recorded and mm -hmm. brought to the public eye people who just like people who grow up in areas where they don't have police brutality like in the suburbs or whatnot mm -hmm. where there's not like a large police presence they're mm -hmm. starting to see that this happens mm -hmm. and the more people see what's happening the more they could believe it so mm -hmm. i think now that like people record these cops killing people but then i feel like it's being dealt with very like it's not being dealt with like effective immediately it's being dealt with like maybe two three months later on um whenever it's someone from an african or an african-american mm -hmm. background um why do you think that it's it's ignored for such a long period of time even though it's being recorded on camera because even though we have social media and we have stuff like that it's usually ignored like they never get justice straight away it's kind of a process that uh, has to happen whereas if it's a, someone of a white background it's kind of dealt with effective immediately straight away as soon as it's on the on any type of social media platform whenever a white person goes through um any type of injustice they're there you know i feel like a lot of the public kind of apologizes for that type of behavior but when it's anyone from any other background is kind of ignored and only dealt with um privately does that make sense why do you think that mm -hmm. 
honestly i feel like it's not really ignored but more of like people not knowing what we're power like the power we have you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like like we always get it on camera and everything but Mm -hmm. i feel like since it happened and since like now obviously it's on the rise and it's because like it happened in such a populated um african-american community as minnesota and like having it on videotape knowing the officer himself like seeing that the police station wasn't doing anything about it it just like you know like boiled people's blood and got everybody heated and wanted to make a difference you know and i feel like this was like the final call like the final straw yeah yeah like off of what zainab said I feel like it's the fact that these, you know, officers and these cops and what have you are not being prosecuted. So basically, like cops, I feel like they have this ideal ideology or idea in their heads that it's like okay for them to do whatever they want, because at the end of the day, especially when they're white, they feel like they're not going to be, you know, held accountable or, you know, brought to justice or, you know, being brought in front of a judge, you know, for what they do. So I feel like people don't really like they don't really feel the need to you know go by the law especially when it comes to the cops you know so you also, feel like they're like they're, they're being protected and they're, yeah basically they're being protected and they feel like they can do whatever they want and commit these you know unjust crimes to you know african-americans and you know minorities so i feel like it's just like a repetitive cycle you know because they see it mm-hmm. they see it happening they experience it with their co-workers and you know their colleagues or and whatever so i feel like it's just they can get away with it, basically. Yeah. Personally, I personally I feel like they don't really care for anybody who is black or a minority in general. I feel like America is like a white country, even though like mm-hmm. they like looted this country to begin with and they stole it from natives. So mm-hmm. I pretty much feel like they just care if it suits them, whatever suits their own self interest. So they're only like kind of doing things like or they care only when um when like their economy will like you know like be hurt because of it or their livelihoods will be affected other than that sure like they might um charge these officers but at the end of the day they'll continue not caring they'll only do something when it affects them the reason why they care so much about this specific case of george floyd is because it gained international like Mm -hmm. everyone around the world saw the video and they cannot stand it no more they can't be silent because the pressure of the world's on them and they're like, um, now that everyone's watching, we have to say something. Yeah. Back like, their dinner tables back home, do they care? Yeah. They're laughing at us. I'm pretty sure when it happened, that cop went back to work. He went back home mm-hmm. that night. The only time he was arrested is when people saw the video and people started calling for his arrest or for, mm-hmm. when people called for him to get fired. That was only after the video went viral. Mm-hmm. But when it happened Surprise. that night, he went home to his family. And, and told them I took another bad man off, bad man off the streets for all we smell that his little kid was <laughs> That's just that's just that's them. That's how they work. Badly. Also, I feel like white people are so entitled to thinking that they like built this country and all that, and like we're a baggage. You know what I mean? When really, if if we're talking about black people or African Americans specifically, it's like they brought them here. You know what I mean? And it's like they act like they're worth the more in this African are when really our ans- like some of that African American ancestors as well have built this country just as much as these white people's um, families have that as well. You guys, um, I want to. African Americans just built the whole country, like literally. Yeah, I actually built by African Americans by force. So if they want to break this country down, they can. So yeah. 
like this past fall actually, yeah so mm-hmm. this past fall I actually took um like this class called Harvard Renaissance and it literally showed me like how much we like as like African Americans and Muslim people like they literally like we literally built this country even as Somali people we're still like we're contributing into building it you know and it's like mm-hmm. imagine if all of us left what do they have nothing literally they have nothing um, that's um, definitely understandable. Why do you think that this case and um, of this officer obviously mistreating um, his rights as a as an officer and the Mohammed Noor case is so different? Why do you feel like the justice system protects him um, and not so uh, Muhammad Noor? Because I'm pretty sure there was a saying of how um, Muhammad Noor got arrested the same day, um, but mm-hmm. obviously the other officer got arrested maybe, was it two weeks afterwards? Or no, a week? No, I think it was just mm. a couple of days. Maybe a day or two. Uh, what officer do you mean? Are you talking um, about officer? Other than Muhammad Noor. Chavin. Chavin, oh, yeah, Derek Chavin. Oh, no, he got arrested a day later. A day later? Did he? Yeah, just this morning. No, wait, not the next day. Like, the next day. Like, that. Two days no, after No, she means, I think she means, like, the difference between the, the guy who killed uh, George Floyd and the, 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 the Somali police officer. Like, like, Floyd and, obviously, the other officer, Mohammed knows two completely different cases. Well, what I'm trying to say is, why do you feel like, you know, he, like, for example, the the officer who was in that case of George Floyd, um, he um, was obviously protected by um, the law enforcement from the same city, and they protected his house from um, protesters, whereas in the Mohammed Noor case, um, he was actually arrested that exact same day, and the people that he was working with were actually scared of him, even though he kind of used his weapon as self-defense, and he has the right to do that because he is an officer. So, um, so I guess my question is, why do you feel like they were dealt with so differently? Mainly, by his skin color, literally. A white woman mm-hmm. and like, a black mm-hmm. man, and like mm-hmm. in history that has a lot of power to it. Yeah. Like going back to Emmett Hill, he was yeah. murdered for looking at a white woman. Yeah. And so now, yeah. fast forward, a black cop shoots a white woman. You guys do know, like, the logo of, like, the slavery, like, the runaway slave catchers and, like, police officers now is pretty much the same. In some cities, they literally just have the words changed. So, like, back in the days, like, a white woman could be like, oh, this guy looked at me and he would have been done with, off with his head. And it's pretty much the same thing right now. Like, nobody believes your words. Like, you really have no value and no contribution to society. Like, you technically do. You built everything. Like, you, like, without, like, minorities, America would be, like, literally nothing. Wall Street would fall. Like, everything would collapse. Yeah. But they don't see that. They just America wouldn't be anything. America would not be a first world country. As yeah. a- but, Tanya, I think the system wasn't even built to protect the black people. That's why the unfair thing happening and the other policeman who did the same thing maybe got arrested immediately. So That's the system wasn't built for the black people. That's yeah, it. going off from Abir, I feel like the problem is not just the bias of individual like officers. It's like 
a structural problem, you know? It's, um, yes, race is a factor, but like, primarily it's a structural and institutional problem. Mm -hmm. They use um, the, so you know how like the problem of how these uh, police brutality start is um, the stop and frisk one. The, yeah. the stop and frisk is like the police, when this police stops you, because um, for like, it has to be non-intrusive, but like they stop you because they suspect something. Yeah, I mean, that's Totally but I feel like a lot of a lot of people like when I say the public kind of disappoint when it comes to not representing like cases properly like I feel like the media does play a big role with interpreting um, and narrating stories and giving out storyline to the public which kind of cause people to see one thing as either how the media perceives it or you can just have your own judgment or your own personal opinion about it but why do you feel like the media kind of you know whenever it comes to like obviously someone of a white background they're very careful with their words um and they're very careful with how they narrate the story of what happened and they never say it's like like for example they will kind of be very cautious of how they say it they'll say an unreliable source or you know they kind of make it seem as though like it's kind of not true in a way but obviously when it's maybe someone from not just an african-american culture when it's someone who's muslim or when it's someone who's mexican they kind of interpret it with names and and slogans and you're kind they're kind of slandered already before even speaking about it or even getting a proper um, opinion from obviously uh, law enforcement. Why do you feel like the media does that? I, I would say it kind of goes back to stereotypes and microaggressions. Mm -hmm. Everyone already is scared of black people just because of how America paints us as black people. Like, mm -hmm. they call black people thugs, like, they call black people all these names. Mm -hmm. And, like, microaggressions, like, people would be like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl. Or, mm -hmm this and that like it just goes back to how america already painted us yeah. and that's just how everyone feels even black people feel like that how like you're smart for a black person have you ever yeah. heard that one yeah mm -hmm. even black people start to believe that and it's just a cycle that doesn't break and the media mm -hmm. is just gonna go off of what they believe unconsciously even though they don't be probably don't believe it but like in the back of their head it's there yeah I do like you the media the Pardon? What did you say? It's a prop, I feel like yeah. the media is like a prop for like those like those one percenters at the top. And I feel like even if they like disagree with this or like nobody can really get their voice out there, even like the media mm -hmm. outlets, like it's funny how they're supposed to give us the news, but they can't really tell us how they feel inside because they're all scared. Like no, if nobody's like nobody wants to tell you like what's truly happening because they're scared for their lives. And it's all honestly they're paid by politicians. They're paid by all like Fox News is probably paid by Donald Trump. That's why they're always mm -hmm. paying Donald Trump and always talking badly. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's yeah. obviously paying paying their way out of it in a way? Like oh, money? for sure, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, yeah. Also, at the end of the so day, they just do it for a living. They don't really care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just read what's on the script and go home. That's it. Mm -hmm. They don't care about. As long as they're getting their money, they could care less. Well, I yeah. So I guess yeah. society, I guess it's, you know? America's just all about money. Everything's about money. They don't yeah. nobody like, really pay anybody to do anything. If you think about anything. it, if you truly really think about it, doctors don't care about you. They don't get they don't they, they don't 
take the time to get to know you. Like nobody, yes. like you know, the media doesn't get to know you. They don't care about you. They know, they know, they know what people say about you. Like nobody really truly gets to know you. It's all about money. It's all built in. Period. Like even doctors. even your teachers, like no, nobody gets to know you. You know, like truly yeah. know like you. Like when you ask. That's why when I ask somebody. Um, like doctors just give out medicine, like what's it called perks or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. opioids. They just give those out because they're paid by the companies that make those drugs to give it to us they don't really mm-hmm. care that's why like, they don't they yeah. want to sell it you know they're selling the the drugs so you can like probably like want it more you know like you, you never know what the like their um true um intentions yeah you know, their true intentions are but do you I was think- gonna say that kind of rubbed mm-hmm. off on us too as like the citizens of like the states it kind of rubbed off like that behavior of the off on us as well because like when we meet like somebody or haven't seen somebody in a long time, we're like, oh, hey, how are you? But do we really care how they are? We just expect yeah, them to say, oh, I'm yeah. fine. But like, what about when they like finally say, oh, this and this happened and they tell you like a whole story about how they're not fine and what happened to them. You're mm-hmm. like, oh shit, like I really don't want to like listen mm-hmm. no more. Like listen you don't really exactly. care. Yeah. It's just a saying. You're like, you oh, that's all the system, starting with the education system. From mm-hmm. we're forced to go to school until we're 18. So everything we're taught is by force. And even more, really even beyond that. that too. Like right now, like I'm 22, I'm still in school, you know. Yeah. And it's like a never-ending cycle. It's like all planned for you. Like it's like do you know how they say like God plans for you, but like it's like they plan for you too. They have their own plans, and you better live by it. Like the loans they give you, car loans, like um your mortgage, yeah. everything. Like it's so you could have, like you could contribute to their capitalistic society, and you could mm-hmm. always serve them. Yeah, and they're and like, you mm-hmm. can't escape because they always need money from you, whether it's student loans, whether whether it's a car loan, whether it's mortgage, doctor you know, bills, you know, cost bill. Like they're gonna give an eighteen-year-old a credit card when like they they're barely an adult. Yeah. I think they want to ruin your life. Education. I think I think it's very important, like from a young age, that like whenever like the obviously schools and stuff they teach you a certain way, um, they teach you history a certain way, but then it's also your job to also do research um, on your own behind that because that's not entirely true. And I feel like the history that is also taught in America is kind of a way for people to see you guys. It's their story. So do you, like, do you feel like, obviously the media kind of plays its way but do you feel like they generally do it because they don't understand and they're too scared to understand or do you think that it's something they do strictly on purpose i think it's just business like they, they do it because to. they're paid to mm-hmm. yeah. also it's it's literally they want it they want us to have a certain mentality you know and they don't want mm-hmm. us to reach our potential that's what i honestly think like they they don't want us to reach our true potential unless you step out of your way and you learn about your culture and you learn about your history like the true true history nobody's ever gonna tell you no one's ever gonna let you know like hey this this happened to your ancestor I hope you know that like no one's ever gonna tell you that they're just gonna tell you the good that happened not the bad definitely so um how is it living as not only an American or uh, African American how is living as a muslim american um in the places that you guys live and do you guys feel that you guys are supportive do you guys feel like that 
these places are somewhere that you'd live for the rest of your life or maybe somewhere you consider moving uh, eventually? Personally, I feel like I I grew up here and, like, I kind of got used to it. Mm -hmm. Now that I got older, like, I feel like I found my group of friends. Like I feel like I dealt with more of that when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. but as I went to as I went into middle school and high school and changed my friend groups around, started hanging out with more Muslims and more more cultured people as well. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, like there's no point in moving. You know what I mean? This is my home. And yeah. I'm stay my ground. Like just Does like that. Anyone else feel the same? Um, I would say like being black and Muslim mm-hmm. is two large identities to have. Mm-hmm. So you get hate from all sides because you could be Islamophobic and you could be black. So and on top of being a woman too, it's like yeah. three minorities within our all the hate from all sides. Like you'll get hate from non-black people for being black. You'll get hate from everyone except Muslim people for being Muslim. So it's like a constant struggle that you have to fight, and it stays with you no matter where you go in the world. I guess unless we go to Africa, like if you move to an Arab country, yeah, they're Muslim, but they're anti-black. Not all of them, but, you know, most Arabs are anti-black. So it's like, yeah, it's really escape. Yeah, that, that's yeah. true. I feel like it's kind of you have to make that own that own safe space for yourself, because obviously you're not always going to be accepted. You kind of got to grow thick skin and deal with everything. Um, as you go and kind of create a group of friends, create a safe environment for yourself wherever you are. Um, does anyone else feel the same, or does anyone personally? Uh, I, I go ahead, oh. Emma. Okay. Uh, personally, I just I I don't think I could ever um raise my children here in this country. Like, it's so corrupt, and as a kid, like. They make you think things that are not true about yourself. Like, it's so crazy. Like, and then you wonder, like, oh, why do, why do I look like this? Why do I do this? Like, oh, my God. Like, even at school, like, this is a good example. Like, you know, like, when your mom cooks and then you guys, you, like, smell like Somali food, you know? I would go to school and yeah. just be like, oh, my God, you stink. But it's like, I don't, like, you know, it's not, it's not that I stink. It's just that the culture and the way that my mom cooks, they don't understand it, you know? And it's just like. That used to make me so self-conscious, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, that used to be, they used to make me so self-conscious because I'm like, my clothes is clean, like, I don't understand it, like, what do they mean, you know? And then, like, and then, like, you see, like, you see, you step back and then you think about it and it's like, it's literally not me, it's like, they're, they're literally sick, you know? Yeah. Their outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Their outlook on life will never, like, mirror yours, so it's going to be a constant battle no matter where you're, where you go. Unless yeah. somebody like, unless somebody had the same up, like upbringing as you, the same mm-hmm. identities as you, like you'll never find like a place that really accepts all your identities. And like, so you just have to be our, at peace with that. Yeah, with our education yeah. system, they don't teach you about other cultures. They don't yeah. teach you about black lives. They teach you about white people and how they came and white history found the country, which is obviously not true. The only thing in the history books is about white people. They don't talk about. What the black people did to build this country. They think Christopher Columbus found the country, which Mm -hmm. is not true. 
But then you would believe that because that's what you're taught in school. But then that's mm-hmm. not just only the history. Like the reality of like how America was born, you know. It's just fake. It's the whole the whole concept of America is fake. They don't talk about the how of the free, white people came so country. They talk about how white people came and there was a war with Native Americans. They don't say we came and stole the country. Country, they exactly. They supposedly found the country with but then I personally feel like that's a, that's a global issue because not only um, are you guys taught that, but also in the Australian history of Indigenous Australians, they're also, they kind of fabricated that as well. They kind of said like, you know, there was a war instead of, you know, kind of explaining to people that they stole generations of Indigenous Australians and married them off to white people because they didn't want that, lineage to continue so i feel like when it comes to history history is a global issue because i feel like it's 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 only because like they want you to view the certain um, country away does that make sense so they kind of want you to view it in a way where like oh yeah this country like they had war with this country and it's kind of their territory they're marking their territory but when it comes to deep down they stole this territory they stole this territory Mm -hmm. from people who you know literally paved the way for us um in wherever we are in the world they stole you know the, the country from people that worked blood sweat and tears with their families with their tribes um to fight for that country and i feel like I don't know in America, but um, in Australia, there's also a large suicidal rate when it comes to Indigenous Australians. Like, you won't even notice that someone's Indigenous, uh, I mean, that someone's Aboriginal anymore. You you kind of um, see them as, like, mixed because they're mixed with... Uh, uh, with the white race because obviously their generation was stolen and they had to get married off to white people. Um, so I feel like history is a global issue. Um, but no one kind of wants to talk about the actual true stuff. History is kind of fabricated here. So it goes to say that you kind of have to do your own research. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I straight facts because like um, I did a GCSE system in mm-hmm. Kenya and also I know the GCSE system in um, UK and they're all taught like the least like false history or false information about mm-hmm. America and how it started and all that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just America wants this certain image from all these countries, you know what I mean? And they do that by um, also called spreading these false information. Not only America, everywhere. They want that, that fabricated history to kind of create you to understand why what happened. They're kind of mm-hmm. creating lies so that we don't, we're not angry, we're not infuriated. That's why mm-hmm. they fabricate it, you know? These countries, you know, these superpowers in the world today is something like, you know, like they've done something brave or, you know, they're heroes. You know, they mm-hmm. fought for our land. When in reality, you know, they've killed people. They brought diseases mm-hmm. to, you know, yep. Native people, raped them, you know, just doing senseless acts of violence against them. Mm-hmm. And like we're like basically forced to believe this stuff, which is why I believe it's so important, like you said, Ilhan, to do your own research and, you know, learn your facts and fact check, especially with the media, because even now today with George Floyd's um, murder, 
how like media outlets are still saying that oh alleged killer alleged you know killer uh Derek Chauvin or whatever like we've seen the video with our own eyes like we've seen the evidence and this is for numerous cases and the fact that you know they're still saying alleged like you know maybe he did mm-hmm. it you know it's just so outrageous to be honest it's like if they're doing something like that with where we have like cold evidence imagine like the other stories that you know we've been conditioned and you know have been forced to you know just believe and listen to yeah definitely but what do you think that america can do to make sure this this injustice um won't happen again and that justice is served not only for the victim but the victim's families and anyone else who's who's ever dealt with it and possible people that might deal with it in the future I feel, I feel like, like it's so structural. Like, I feel like it's just so embedded in the system, you know? I feel like it's been like there's no way you can change it. There's really, it you can change it, but you can't We're do training. it in one way. You We're have training. to literally dismantle the whole system. And mm-hmm. that's not going to be easy because the system has been in place since the beginning of time. So yeah. if you want to change what's going on, we literally have to change what's in the laws, what's um what how our system functions enforcement the whole, the whole um jail system the prison system we have to re- we have to do like prison reform there's just so much that we have to do to change the system it's not, not going to be easily because oh, no. like controllers every- and it's not going to be easy at all but yeah. i feel like we like, kind of need place people in all those places of power like people like minorities we need to place people in those different institutions and also, I feel like over the years, like the population will shift eventually, and there will be like a ratio where there are going to be more minorities living in America. So we will have like a bigger say eventually. I don't think it's going to happen like right away, but eventually it will happen. Soon, but eventually. But I feel like eventually, because yeah. it's not happening straight away. I feel like because it's not happening straight away, people shouldn't lose hope and stop fighting. Start placing people in those systems. Yeah, so like it's time happening right now, it could actually lead to us changing the system. That's what I'm exactly. saying. So yeah. I really hope that happens. And I think we will stop fighting. It's going to take a lot of work because these people in power don't care about us. They don't want to change the system. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to force them to change it because there's really no other way. We can't ask because they don't care. Mm-hmm. And they never experience it, honestly. It's just like they're just sitting there you know, supporting these laws, you know, introducing really, these laws and all this legislation for really stuff that they never really are going to experience, you know, yeah. and to do that and like to have that position, it's just so corrupt because, you know, minorities are the ones who are going through this. And if you're just, you know, you know, legislating or, you know, uh, bringing out laws and bills that, you know, benefit you, like what change is going to, you know, come about, you know? Yeah, so. definitely. Definitely. Um, I was going to say something, but I completely blacked out. Um, I think I was just going to add on to um, what um, Simpson was saying. I just want to kind of understand, like, obviously, justice will be served eventually. Do you feel like the way people are expressing themselves um, during these protests um, is 100% acceptable? Do you feel like there's certain things they could have done differently? Or do you feel like they have every right to be outraged and angry and upset and they have every right to express themselves however they want personally i I honestly think like they yeah they have every right like you know it's been years and years and years of just standing and being quiet and like peaceful you know being peaceful but like you know it's come to the point where 
like um you guys said like how they're saying alleged killer like who how do you say that when we have video evidence like you know so mm -hmm. it's like oh, yeah. it's like I, I i love that there's that they're showing like they're expressing their the way that they are like i love it because there's no other way to express it you know also, you can't, like, could even bring um justice in this country is right yeah. do you guys know about mm -hmm. like how the tea something like tea party boston tea party the boston tea yeah. party yeah they mm -hmm. were literally riding over taxes mm -hmm. on tea mm -hmm. and no one said yeah. anything they just said that's history you know what i mean and they eventually got mm -hmm. it done through rioting yeah. so now that it's black people actually saying enough is enough people mm -hmm. are having a problem with it which but also people like some they're killing people and they're saying oh it's okay to kill but it's okay not to scream it's okay not to like um worried about to burn to buildings but are literally having how is that worse than killing arresting for murder like literally are materialistic things like i i really think that the people did everything they could like peacefully for years and they tried to speak up and do the protests and bring awareness about their issue but nobody listened to them. They start killing their people, like Martin Luther mm -hmm. King. They killed him. And he was mm -hmm. so peaceful about it. So I think the people reached this point because of all the, the anger that happened to them all over the years. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I and think the people... Like, the people who are doing this writing are not all from the police. Black. Most also, of them are not. Exactly. These are white I, I see, I see how the media... By the government to come and break down our communities. Yeah. I see how the media just bringing photos of black people stealing the shops, but not bringing any videos or photos of the white people doing yeah. it too. Mm -hmm. It's just like how the media used the white people are burning these just things like, down, and the black yeah. people are also probably burning things down, but mm -hmm. it wasn't ignited, it wasn't started by us. Yeah. I feel like we talk about how people take the stuff from the shops and redistribute it to the community who yeah, the shops were supposed to be yeah, serving. Mm -hmm. that and that's what the black people are doing, and not like mm -hmm. the white people who are like breaking things down, burning it on purpose or fun. There's they don't even know the name of the guy who got murdered. There's white people and they're like, and they're like show videos of like them breaking into stores and all that, but they won't show when the police is like beating the people up or like yeah. hurting them. Like yeah. you never see them put that in the media. Yeah, mm -hmm. also, I honestly but, feel like, um, like how Abir said, they killed Martin Luther King. I feel like, yeah, they killed him, and then people were kind of, like, they killed a big authority, right? a big figure, yeah. you know, in the black community. So people will kind of step back and, like, you know, get scared. Because how do they yeah. kill somebody so powerful that's, like, like, drawn by so many people? Somebody so peaceful to, to make that, us, literally. make us be quiet, literally. To make us, like, shut up, literally. And yeah. that's literally kind of what happened. Uh, like after he died, literally everything, like yeah, things kind of opened up for um African American people. But at the same time, it's like they took like ten steps back. Like you know, yeah, everything was kind of like put aside, like hushed. Like I don't know how to yeah. say it, but yeah. And it's so frustrating mm -hmm. to see the people being more angry about the buildings and the stores and the things mm -hmm. that happening than the person yeah. being killed in the street. I feel like yeah. they make it seem it like a life being lost is just a normal yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, it's normal thing, and they're normalizing it. Like, Donald Trump didn't, make it seem like he didn't once speak up for George Floyd and say, we need justice for George Floyd. Mm -hmm. But when he saw all the rioting, he had all the energy to come on Twitter and say, and when the audacity starts, yeah. the shooting starts, like, 
you didn't even say anything about why people are looting. You didn't say that George Floyd was killed by cops. You didn't say anything, but now you want to come on just because people are breaking the country. That just shows, that just shows how much this country cares about their money and not human beings, especially black people. Well, you can't talk about properties being damaged, you know, like when black kids, men and women are like murdered every day. Like constantly without consequences. Lives, I feel like lives are just being lost. Like it's just like, back and forth, literally. Like it's normal. Like it's it's just like something else you lose. Like you lose your keys. Like that's how people view like innocent people's lives being lost. And I feel like no one really speaks about it because then they're just like, oh yeah, there's another African American who's killed um, by. Uh, uh, officers so i feel like people kind of forget the seriousness of this issue and how it affects you guys and this kind of concludes to my final question because you have a system that you feel like doesn't really represent you represent you and you don't have a president that represents you um and you kind of had to create you know your own environment and kind of represent your own self how has this affected you guys mentally how has it affected your friends your family how has it affected you because not only are you guys dealing with this you guys are dealing with obviously just being exhausted by you know representing yourself and not trusting officers not trusting you know the people in your country I feel like um, it kind of it kind of makes people step back and you know be afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. When it should be the other way around. Like the cops, they're they're for they're supposed to work for us, not the other way around. Like you know, it kind of makes it seem like we're kind of working for them. You know, like we're 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 scared. We're too scared to talk to them. We're too scared to do things because you know. How has that affected your mental state, though? How has it affected you mentally? Do you feel like? it contributes to like you feeling a type of way of just feeling you know um overwhelmed and like i think i think a lot of people are scared but also at the same time this happened you know this the whole george floyd thing and it's it's literally waking us up like mm-hmm. it's a wake-up call like we need to wake up we need yeah. to yeah. people we need to change you know, yeah it's really emotionally draining because it's so hard that people just don't take life seriously this is a whole person who died for no reason. And it's like, when you think about it and you're a black person, that could have easily been you. And it's, it's been any one of no one's doing anything about it and no one really cares. Mm-hmm. And the people who are supposed to protect you, so-called protect you, they're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones behind the killing. So it's very frustrating. Bias there. You have to do all this rioting and protesting. Like, I don't get it. Like, if you're not black don't speak about it you know mm-hmm. or if you don't feel the struggles or like ever been through you know um or experienced racism you know it's like it's like me as a black person trying to speak on the troubles of native americans in this country it's like me saying like if native americans were to all of a sudden just be like oh dang like this is our country and they stole it like let's go get revenge i can't sit here and be like why are you breaking down our city? Why are you breaking down our community? It's like, I can't say that because this is yeah. literally your country. But I We're, feel like people are so comfortable with using our culture, our hair, our like our food. Yeah. People are so comfortable, but when it comes to like political issues or when it comes to issues of injustice, not, no one says anything. It may be your favorite social influencers. It may mm-hmm. be your favorite singer, favorite actor. 
no one really speaks about it unless they feel like they should because it might affect their brand or their name or um, following or their following I've, I've seen a lot of people trying to look black or act black or fighting just to say the n-word but when it's the time to be a black person or fight for their issues they disappear yeah, they love our culture, but they don't want to be us. It makes no yeah, sense. they love yeah. So it's kind of confusing and stressful to I mean, see some really of the responses. They hate us, but they hate our culture. Also, to bring yeah. up like um, um, the Arab community, um, yeah. we are as Black Muslims, we're constantly fighting for um, like Palestine. Palestine. We're constantly fighting for Syria, just because you know we're Muslims and we care about yeah. our being killed just because of their religion but now that it's a black person they don't say anything it's like weren't you just fighting for palestine and saying like it's not islamic to keep quiet but now that it's a black person that died you guys are silent it doesn't make sense like does a black do you human think like like don't don't talk about the issues because they bring up islam to like yeah. to like oh you guys shouldn't be speaking this the prophet said this the quran yeah. said this and we're here standing for like, oh, this is for Yemen, Palestine. And they're always like, Israel this, Israel that. We don't like Israel. Yeah. And they're always like talking like stuff about Israel people. But once we have something to say about cops, it's like, oh, you guys should be nice. You know, not all cops are bad. Mm-hmm. We're not here saying not all people of Israel are bad. We don't say yeah, that. no one say We just say like justice for Palestine against mm-hmm. all people of Israel mm-hmm. we never I guess sometimes there's a sense of feeling hopeless like I don't know about you guys but personally me whenever I see some type of injustice whether it's on a video anything that happens I feel so like helpless like I can't help this individual even though I'm spreading it and even though I'm trying to make as much as I can I feel like sometimes there's that feeling where you're like damn like this is an innocent person dying and I'm sharing what they're going through and I'm sharing um, what's happened to them and their story but you feel like that still doesn't change that that person lost their life that doesn't change that they you know they have dealt with it and it's going to be a very long process to get justice of course um, yeah. but I feel like change needs to obviously be made now and I feel like obviously because of what's going on and how protesters are rioting and they're, they're trying to make their voices be heard. I feel like maybe this will be um, a time where they do take us serious and hopefully they do. And obviously it, it might be a long journey, but I feel like it, I feel like it shouldn't make people, you know, stop from protesting and um, stop from like them, you know, obviously, um, fighting for what's right because at the end of the day you have to fight for what's right it might take years it might take months but at the end of the day it's for a better cause and justice will eventually be served but thank you guys for talking on my podcast i really appreciate every one of you um do you guys have any final thing to say um justice for floyd